So, we are in quite a crazy situation, aren't we? Just coming to terms with massive change, massive interruption to, uh, to life, trying to work out what is essential uh, and what's non-essential, what, what's absolutely important and, and what do I need to let go of? How can I organize my life right now? I know we're all working it out. The full implications of what's uh, happening probably haven't even dawned on us yet. And we're very much living day by day, aren't we? And, and working out how are we going to uh, adapt. Doing this online service is just our first step into a new, uh, a new phase as a church. It's uncharted territory. We don't know exactly uh, how things are going to need to change, even from this point onwards. But in all of it, we want to trust God. Um, as the elders of the church, uh, Chris and Rich and myself, uh, have been able to meet a couple of times this week to think what's essential for City Church Sheffield. What are the absolute essentials? What are the things we're going to have to just let go of for now and trust God uh, to bring about in the, in the future? As we've been doing that, I've been drawn to a passage in the Bible. So if you've got a Bible... Uh, why don't you find it? Why don't you get hold of it? Um, I guess there's the beauty with this service that you can always press pause if you want to and uh, go find the Bible and come back. Anyway, Acts chapter 2. And I'm going to read those few well-known verses from verse 42 uh, through to 47, uh, which say this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were uh, being saved. Now, you might hear that passage and think, well, how does that speak into our situation right now? Uh, so many times in just a few short verses, the word together uh, keeps occurring. And that's exactly what we can't be at the moment. We can't be uh, all together. We, we can't meet like they were meeting. So in that sense, you might think, well, it doesn't apply. But let me just show you... Uh, how I think this can help us a great deal as we consider what for us as City Church Sheffield are the essentials. We find out in this passage that there were four activities that the church devoted themselves to. Not just four um, abstract things, but there were four things that they were uh, doing, four activities that they were taking part in. And I think there's good reason then for for any church, in any nation, in any culture, in any situation, whether it's crisis and chaos or it's all calm and controlled, there's, there's a case to say every church needs to work out how are we going to devote ourselves uh, to these four activities? How are we going to do that now? It's going to be different, obviously, but those four devotions uh, are something for us to, to think through right now. Now, every church has to, has to work that out. The word devoted uh, could mean being inseparable from, 
Like that we can't be, there are four things that we can't be separated from. Four, uh, four activities. Now I was wondering, I was looking around the Jubilee Centre uh, this morning and thinking how could I represent that with a, a very low-tech um, illustration. You can see that I've got two bits of paper. I don't know how clear the colours are. Let me come a bit closer. I've got my yellow piece and I've got my blue piece. And I was considering... Uh, but 45 minutes ago, how can I make one piece of paper devoted to the other uh, so that they are inseparable? I looked around the office for some resources. I thought, aha, I will find some Pritt stick. So I found lots of Pritt sticks. I took the lid off and I saw, oh, they're, they're completely dry now, actually. They don't work. Uh, note to Ben, let's work out if we can get some more. Anyway, so I didn't use the Pritt stick. I thought to myself anyway, even if I stuck these two pieces of paper together with Pritt stick, and even if they dried really, really well, the chance that I'd still be able to peel them off uh, in some way. So I thought, well, maybe, maybe staples. So I, there's loads of staple guns in the office. I could just uh, fix them together with lots of metal staples. And the same thing applied. I'd just be able to pick at the edge and separate them back out again. What about sellotape? I could run down each edge with sellotape, neatly fold it over, and then I'd have two pieces of paper which were fully devoted to each other. I think, even with sellotape, you know, it's like opening a birthday present. You, you work out how to get in eventually. You could just rip it as well, couldn't you, and, and get in. They wouldn't be inseparable. So what did I do? Aha, I had a brainwave. We have a laminator. I'm sure Ben gets very excited about the laminator. We have a laminator in the office. So I took my two bits of paper, I, f I fed them into this kind of plastic pouch, and I fed it into this machine, plugged in at the wall, which heats it up and melts it together and leaves a rim around the edge, which is completely sealed. So look, I have my two bits of paper, the blue one and the yellow one, and they are now, more genuinely, inseparable. One is devoted to the other. Look, I am devoted to Jesus. Uh, for me, uh, I suppose in a sense that happened when, when I got baptized. That was my moment. I was 15 years old, and that's when I went public, if you like. I, I'm going to devote my life to Jesus. I've, I've received his love. I want to give my life to him. I, I've stuck myself to Jesus. He's the one that I'm devoted to. Uh, for me, that was when I was, uh, was 15 and I was, uh, was baptised. Um, you might wonder when it was for you, and I might think, well, there's lots of times when I've, sometimes even in my own walk, I've pulled away from the Lord a bit. But as we think about devotion, we think about actually Jesus', Jesus devotion to us. Let's just consider that for a moment. Romans chapter 8, again, you grab your Bible, you can turn to it. Romans chapter 8 and verse 38. These words will be very familiar to a lot of us. Paul writes, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Just think about that. Ponder that verse. It might be familiar or not, but are you convinced? 
Are you convinced right now that absolutely nothing, if you're in Christ, absolutely nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord? Neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height nor depth. We wonder what what we might face. Earlier on in the same chapter, in verse 35, Paul's already asked the question, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? Who knows what we're going to face? We don't even know what tomorrow brings. The fact is, we've never known what tomorrow is going to bring. Uh, but we're just realizing that afresh now. We've been used to being able to make plans and being able to predict what a week might look like. We, we plan our holidays. We plan so much. And now we're realizing that we can't plan in the same way. We don't know what tomorrow brings. We're going to have to adapt. Who knows what we're going to face? I don't say that to scare you. I, I say that to, to help us to think about what, what faith in God means. The chances are we're going to face trouble. Well, we are right now. We're going to face hardship, possibly persecution, possibly famine. We don't know. But Paul is convinced of something. He's convinced, above all things, in all creation, in our whole lives, nothing can separate us from the love of God that's for us in Christ Jesus. We could turn as well. Let's have a look at another passage. Uh, in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13. It's taken me a while to find it myself. Bear with me. Hebrews chapter 13. And just reading from partway through verse 5. It says, God has said, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. It can be a bit scary. And maybe you're listening to this right now, you're watching me, and you by yourself, you've been by yourself for days, and you're not able to get out. I hope that others are in contact with you, and you're being supported, and things are being dropped off. Maybe you've waved at someone through the window. Maybe you've had a few telephone calls with someone. Uh, But it's unnerving. It's deeply unnerving. Again, reflect on this. We've got a God who says, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. He is totally devoted to us. He's totally devoted to you. He loves you with a love that we can't pull away from in that sense. He's stuck himself to us. We we might be saying that that I am devoted to Jesus. But he's saying that he is devoted to us. Let's reflect on these things. Let's, let's give thanks for these things. Let's, let's pray about uh, giving thanks for his devotion to us. Now, like I said, what are our essentials then? How are we devoting ourselves to Jesus? Or to what are we devoting ourselves? This passage uh, mentions four devotions, four things that the early church couldn't be pulled away from. Uh, 
I read them out at the beginning, but just as a reminder, it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, that's the first one, and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Every church has to think through how do we devote ourselves to these uh, important activities. Let's just have a look at those in turn for a few minutes, um, starting with teaching. Number one, they devoted themselves to teaching specifically to the apostles' teaching. Now, why was that? Well, it was the apostles who had met with the risen Lord Jesus. Do you remember uh, the end of Luke's gospel when they're uh, shut up, locked up uh, in a room? Jesus appears before them. And it describes there in Luke 24 how he, he explained to them everything that was written about himself uh, in the law and the Psalms and the prophets. And it says he, he opened their minds so that they could understand. So that they could understand how all of the Old Testament scriptures have their fulfillment in him, Jesus, who had died on the cross but was stood before them, resurrected, able to point to them, show them uh, where the nails had been in his body. It was really him, but he was really alive and present with them. He was able to eat with them. And it says he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. And they would go on and they would teach others. And they would share, look, the whole of scripture and indeed all of history is pointing to Jesus. This is how you can know him and this is how you can receive him and this is how you can live for, live for him. So let's, let's devote ourselves uh, to teaching. Let's devote ourselves, if you like, to the whole of Scripture. But as, as understood and seen as connecting to Jesus, everything's pointing to Jesus. Uh, the apostles were pointing to Jesus when they were teaching. Now, we've been doing this as a church by looking at 1 Corinthians. And we've, uh, we've been through chapter 1 all the way to the end of chapter 4. Uh, I was just delighted and now even more so in hindsight, I'm delighted that we were, uh, many of us anyway, uh, able to meet on Sunday, uh, just gone, if you like, for the, for the last time in a while. And we, we got to complete uh, the first kind of significant chunk of 1 Corinthians. And do you know what that chunk has all been about? It's all been about the church, God's church, being united. That was our preparation for coming into this time when actually we're scattered and we can't be all together. But look, we've, we've been prepared for this in some ways by just considering what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians about being a united church, a people who are together for Jesus, not giving way to fear, not giving way to arguments and squabbles and so on, but really drawing near to Christ crucified, really drawing near to the Spirit and really loving um, and caring for one another. We considered... Uh, Rich, Chris, and myself, do we just continue through the series as planned with 1 Corinthians? Now, we would, we would hope very much to come, come back to it before long, but we felt this current situation probably requires just something a bit different uh, for now when we meet together like this. Um, so after today, when we meet together, when we have these online uh, gatherings in the future, uh, for now what we're going to do is have a topical series that means that each time we gather like this, we're going to be considering the question, what's so amazing about grace? What's so amazing about God's 
grace. We're going to look at different passages, different verses, written by different apostles in the New Testament. Visit a different letter and just consider afresh what is so amazing about grace. You remember what I said at the outset? We want to love God. We want to consider what God's like. We want to think about what he's like. Not just think about a virus um, and the threat and the challenge that that poses, but think about Think about him. Think about his generosity. Think about his, uh, his love. So that's, that's what we're going to do for these next few weeks, maybe a couple of months, is consider together what's so amazing about grace. That's what the apostles were teaching. They were teaching that there's a way to know God by grace, by grace and by faith. So there we have it. Our first thing is teaching. Uh, I might speed up a little bit. Uh, the second devotion, that second activity that God's church were, uh, were devoted to in Acts chapter 2, uh, I'll put it in this way, they were devoted to sharing. Uh, the word there is, uh, is to fellowship. Sometimes fellowship now, the word can sound old-fashioned. It sounds like some object or thing or group, the fellowship. But it's talking about an activity. It's talking about what we do with our lives. It's talking about sharing. This is what believers do. We're, we're in fellowship with God in that devoted relationship. He's stuck himself to us and we're devoted to him. And that relationship with him actually means that we're, we're in fellowship with, with one another. We're, we're part of a body. Uh, yeah, Jesus is the head of that body. He's still connected to us. He's still devoted to us. He's still with us by his spirit. Uh, so we have that fellowship with him and that's linked to being in fellowship with one another. Uh, Turn to uh, 1 John and chapter 1. Let me just read verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all Sin. If we walk in the light, if we're walking with him, as he is in the light, Jesus. Now you might expect it to say at that point, we have fellowship with him. But John's also making the point, no, we have fellowship with one another. And indeed, maybe that's actually how we experience fellowship with God. It's as we connect with each other. So Christians, we, believers in Jesus, we share our lives. Now we're going to have to experiment uh, in new ways of doing that. Uh, I'm sure many of you have been doing that already, uh, using different uh, apps. Maybe it's uh, through WhatsApp or through Zoom or through Facebook or through something else. You know, there are going to be some new ways. Some of us might find that easier than others. Let's see how we can help each other to connect. And maybe there's also, we're going to recover some old ways of connecting. That's more frequently just giving someone a phone call. And having a conversation, that, look, when our meeting finishes in a little while, that's what I'm going to in, encourage you to do. Almost straight away, you know, put the kettle on. Think about, who can I just ring right now? Who should I speak to? Who should I encourage? We're going to get used to kind of praying together over the phone. Just do it. Go for it. You might ring someone and find they're engaged because I've also encouraged them to get in contact. Well, if that's the case, re- try someone else. Or maybe it's different. Maybe there's just a neighbor nearby or someone you know who's also in the church. They're not that far away. Send them a message. It might be a case of just knocking on the window 
Stand in back a bit. Let them open the window if it's not raining. Chat, talk. We're looking for ways to share share our lives together. Maybe that means focusing on, on neighbours, people who are nearby, as well as being in contact with people who are a bit further away. But before we move on from sharing, I want us to see it's not... It's more than that. It's more than just being in touch. The sharing that's demonstrated in Acts chapter 2 went further. It says in verse 30, uh, 44, All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. So sh- we're sharing our lives, but we're also sharing our possessions. That's part of being in fellowship as part of loving my neighbor. It's part of being a family uh, in God together. That We're going to support each other. We're going to support those in need. We're going to consider uh, who's vulnerable. Who am I going to, who do I want to need to check in with? What do I have that I can give away? Because we care. We want to share. Okay, thirdly, and uh, Richard's going to help us do this in just a little while. We're going to, be devoted to breaking bread. You see that in, in, in verse 42. That's how disciples of Jesus remember Jesus. That's how we remember him. It's how we proclaim his death until he comes again. It's, it's a significant way in which we, we give thanks. And we kind of affirm our, our fellowship with him. We are communing with God. We're communing with Jesus, even though we can't see him. So, we're going to break bread together. Well, we're going to break bread regularly. Uh, we understand that we're not all going to have wine in the house. Maybe it's a case of, of for this season, in this unusual time, being a bit creative, um, finding a substitute for bread, if that's a biscuit. Finding a substitute for wine, if we don't have any of that in the house. It might be juice, it might be water sometimes. But during these times... Let's remember Jesus, and let's do that by breaking bread. And, and notice, just expanding a little bit further, it also says in that passage in verse 47, they were praising God. Let's praise God. Let's worship him. Again, when those videos come on and we're listening to songs, don't just listen. Even if you're by yourself, lift up your voice. Praise the God who made you and who is with you and knows the number of hairs on your head. Praise the God who is richly generous, who's devoted to his people, who loves the world. Think about him. Worship him. Don't just watch a video. Let's give thanks. In Ephesians chapter 5, um, and verse 18, we're reminded there, uh, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's, let's thank God. Let's share what we are thankful about. Yeah, we'll, pray, we'll, we'll share prayer requests as well. We'll share needs. But let's, let's share our thanks 
Let's speak out our gratitude. Let's worship our God. Let's make music in our hearts. Let's sing from our mouths. Let's draw near to him. Now, practically, there'll be ways in which we kind of encourage you to do that as we connect with each other. Maybe it's a case of making a short video uh, and we'll tell you how and where you can uh, upload that so others can see it and we can incorporate them into future meetings like this. Um, comments, but also conversations, just being thankful. Yeah, as well as being honest about our concerns. And that just leads on to the fourth thing. The fourth thing, the fourth devotion, the fourth activity that we're devoted to uh, is praying. This is this is non-negotiable. This is this is what goes with the territory. Let's let's be that people who who can't be separated from prayer. That we're praying. Uh, maybe as a church we will we'll reckon on on perhaps even keeping this, trying to keep the same the same rhythm, uh, the same routine. We've been used to gathering as a church on a Sunday evening to pray. Now we know not everyone's going to practically be able to do it at precisely the same moment. Um, but watch this space as we kind of share other uh, online material to help us to pray, to help us pray in faith, to help us pray together, to help us pray for ourselves, to help us pray for the world. Uh, maybe that's kind of spending half an hour watching something like this, but praying uh, together. We are in a crazy situation. It, it is uncharted territory. We don't know what's going to happen. But maybe through this, the Lord is going to teach us and we'll learn more about devotion to him and what that looks like, how that impacts the world. It might sound a bit insular. It might sound like that devotion is really just focused inwards uh, on ourselves as believers and as a church. But again, in Acts chapter 2, it said in that same passage that I just read, it concludes, you know, the Lord added daily uh, to their number those who were being saved. How might God do that at the moment? Well, let's believe Let's believe that he will. Let's believe that he can. Let's reckon that somehow through what's going on right now, people can be finding faith in Jesus and even being, become members and become added to a church and start connecting uh, as well. Maybe you're watching this and you don't know what to make of the current situation and you don't know what to make of the Christian faith. You're, you're here for the very first time. You're really welcome. You know, keep tuning in here at City Church Sheffield Online, maybe elsewhere. Um, as well. But it's possible to know God. It's possible to give your life to him. It's, it's possible to, to come into a whole new way of life. It isn't just a negative thing about all the things we can't do. Maybe in this season, God's going to open up the door for you to know him yourself. You can pray to him. You can reach out to God in Jesus, and I pray that you will. Thank you. Amen.